Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, my final guest this morning made his first investment as a teenager. Now using quantitative investment methods, Shane Monks O'Byrne wants to democratise Wall Street with his business, Aikido Finance. Shane, you might start the interview by providing us with an insight into how you first got involved in investing. Yeah, for sure, Carl. So, I mean, I've been investing uh, since I was very young, 17 years old. Um, I would have started, uh, and for what reason I started, I don't quite know. I received a phone call from a Forex trading company, a currency exchange, and it really got me into kind of currency trading and things like that. I I took a bad path very early on and and quickly sort of uh, changed my ways, uh, going through all sorts of different types of investing after that, from fundamental investing, deep value investing, which, you know, I would spend a lot of time going through financial statements and uh, doing a lot of due diligence on individual companies, taking a load of time. And then I stumbled across the world of quantitative finance, quantitative investing, which is it's the type of investing that I do now, which essentially uses computers to make uh, investing decisions for you. Um, and ultimately is what Aikido Finance is all about. And of course, world famous investor Warren Buffett, he's very much focused on reading the financial statements of companies and getting into the data behind it, isn't he? Exactly. So, I mean, Warren Buffett would have been a really big inspiration of mine. And, you know, Actually, Warren Buffett, uh, unbeknownst to him, perhaps, is a quantitative investor. He's a factor investor. So there are sort of five investing factors that have correlated with about 95% of returns over the past 100 years. And those are uh, quality, size, momentum, um, value, and, um, and dividend. And Warren Buffett chooses companies that are undervalued that are good quality and usually that pay a dividend. So he's actually using these quantitative factors, um, but he's doing a qualitative way. And I believe that one book that you read along the way was a massive influence over you, and that was What Works in Wall Street. Yeah, so What Works on Wall Street was uh, written by James O'Shaughnessy back in the late 1990s. And O'Shaughnessy was a real trailblazer in quantitative investing and using data to make your investment decisions. And what O'Shaughnessy does is he backtests all the way back to 1965, sometimes even before then, individual investing metrics. And he sees how they are over the long term as a, as a sort of measure of performance. And the results are pretty staggering. These really, really simple strategies um, for picking companies have historically uh, returned about 18, 19, 20 percent per year, um, going back to 1965. And uh, ultimately, that he, uh, he 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 would have been a really big influence in in Aikido because what we essentially do is we supply a catalog of these very very simple quantitative investment strategies to help people um, build a portfolio themselves, um, but using data to make those decisions. So what is Aikido Finance and how does it work? So Aikido Finance is an investing website or an investing application. Um, and essentially, we make it really easy and quick to build a portfolio. But we build a portfolio systematically. Um, so essentially, we provide a, a formula uh, with which uh, you, you can build a portfolio. So we call these formulas strategies. Um, so we've got a catalogue of 16 investing strategies to choose uh, from, and you can just choose one and create a portfolio, and you can even live trade by integrating your own broker. Um, so you can send all the trades to your own broker. So what type of investment strategies can users access through the platform? So 
they mostly cover those five factors, um, those five quantitative factors. And uh, really, there's, there's a whole variety. Uh, users can come in and get access to really micro-cap uh, strategies. So they use you know, really, really tiny companies that you probably wouldn't have heard of, all the way up to really large companies could be companies that pay out a really big dividend or companies that are going through massive growth. So we really try to cover just about every aspect um, uh, of strategy that's possible. Now, uh, they're all U.S.-based uh, companies. Um, so any U.S. Uh, company you'll find on the site. And, uh, yeah, try and, you know, give you the ability to diversify your portfolio. So you can perhaps use a couple different strategies uh, to help you build a, a portfolio so that you get a really diversified um, alternative to just, say, investing in an index like the S&P 500. And ultimately, who is this platform, the Aikido Finance platform, aimed at? So you'd be looking at somewhere between beginner and intermediate. People with an interest in investing, somebody who wants to get started and start to really build and manage their own portfolio. They want to do it themselves, um, which is, you know, a, a really big theme these days with, you know, with the rise of low-cost brokers all around the world, like Robinhood, which basically makes it free uh, to trade, or uh, interactive brokers. Um, it's people with this rising interest to do it themselves. Um, and it's a alternative, I suppose, to indexing or just buying an ETF. Um, this allows you sort of quickly to put together a portfolio of 20 companies um, in, a, in a logical way. And you mentioned the term quantitative investing. Explain that for us in plain English. And is it something that is aimed at a short, medium or long term investment? Yeah, great question. So quantitative investing is a definitely a mouthful. Um, and we try and not use that word too much on the site because it kind of scares people. But essentially, quantitative investing is a rules-based approach to investing, um, following a very, you know, a structured, systematic uh, way to do it. And, and using data, using computers to make those investing decisions. Ultimately, I believe that if you're not investing with a 10-year outlook or more, you're gambling. Uh, so very much, we take a long-term approach to our investing and a long-term approach to our quantitative strategies. That's why we backtest our strategies over the past 20 years. So we really look back a very far away, and, uh, and we really want you know, our, our users to, to do the same, to take a long-term term outlook. Um, of course, you know, investments can perform very, very well in the near term, but they can also perform very poorly. So it's about having that long-term perspective. And what data underpins that particular strategy? Yeah, so we use FactSet for our financial data, which it gives us the highest quality financial data in the world. Uh, going back to 1980, we have every publicly traded company in the world. Uh, so there's a huge, huge data set there. And I mean, like, gigabytes upon gigabytes of data that we sieve through and, uh, and, and use to build our strategies. But the data is, is absolutely fantastic and um, we couldn't be without it really. And, and it really gives us a lot of capabilities. Right now, our strategies are you know, US only, uh, so they have just US companies in them. But in the coming months now, we're going to be getting uh, European strategies on there, emerging market strategies, uh, and even looking at different asset classes. Right now, it's only stocks. The pandemic, when that's thrown into the mix of that quantitative investing formula, what impact does that have? Yeah, well, I mean, it's been very, very interesting. I think it, it has not impacted the stock market uh, as basically everybody expected. Of course, there was that dip when it first hit, huge uh, kind of correction. But I mean, it's come up now and the S&P 500 in the States is just on the biggest tear and the biggest run imaginable. Um, 
ultimately, I mean, I've been saying for five years now uh, that we're we're in for for some sort of a you know a, a large correction, um, and I still believe that that's coming. But ultimately, my opinion has changed in that before I was a little bit hesitant about entering the market, whereas now five years on, I've realised that you cannot time it. Time in the market is much more important than timing the market, and it's just important to start early and be consistent and think long term. Uh, I'm going for fire, financial independence, retire early, and I put a, a very large portion of my very small paycheck because I'm running a startup uh, into investments every month. And I have been doing that since I was like 17 years old. And uh, It's just that real uh, long-term mindset that, that will pay off um, and, you know, not looking at those ups and downs. But I would say um, be prepared <laughs> with COVID. I think it's only a matter of time is, I suppose, my opinion on it. And when that correction comes in the stock market, what type of stocks are going to be affected most, in your opinion? Yeah, really, really interesting question. Um, so ultimately, of course, the most overvalued uh, stocks uh, will, be, uh, will, be, will be affected most. Um, and really, you're looking at a huge amount of tech companies in there that will be, uh, will be affected most. When you actually look at an industry breakdown over the past 100 years of which industries have tended to perform the best and which are the worst, IT has actually been among the worst performers in the long term, uh, which is very interesting. And of course, it could be different now seeing as you know, so many companies are tech. Um, but... Um, yeah, in terms of which will perform best afterwards, uh, you know, after a correction happens, you'd be looking for a sort of a good value companies um, by by price to earnings, price price to sales, things like that. Uh, I would say also micro cap, small small size companies would be good companies to be looking at after a correction. Um, those would be the two two biggest factors right now. The companies that are performing really well, as I mentioned, are very large companies. Companies are very high quality, so they have good return on equity, good return on invested capital, and also companies with high momentum. Now, the momentum factor is where the price three months ago versus today has been going up, uh, which is basically all companies right now. Um, but companies that have been seeing a lot of price increases have been doing, of course, uh, really well too. And Shane, how do you define a good value company in terms of multiples? Yeah, this is a tricky one to discuss in terms of complexity because I'm aware that I don't want to go too deep into the weeds, but the value metric, uh, the value factor has a few metrics underlying it. Price to earnings, price to sale, price to book, uh, EV, EBITDA. There's a few metrics there that you can look at. All of these are, you know, can be derived, of course, from financial statements, but they're all very easily found on websites like Yahoo Finance or, uh, you know, really any other good, solid uh, investing research platform. Um, And so, you know, with these metrics, if these ratios are very high, like the average price to earnings of every of every company in the S&P 500 right now is over something like 25, um, which is incredibly, incredibly high. An undervalued company would be considered to have a PE of, you know, really less than 10 optimally, and maybe less than 15 would be okay. Um, and it's across the board on these ratios. Price to sales, you'd probably be looking for a price to sales ratio of less than one. Right now, it's way, way above that. Uh, it's just one one metric, but um, again, like the strategies we have on the site, you can go in and there's very there's value specific strategies in there which are targeting companies that are, uh, for example, I talked about micro, micro cap and value. We have one in there called micro cap momentum, which looks at small companies um, that are good value. Um, so these kind of metrics and, and factors can be found on Aikido too. While we're discussing the general topic, of course, there's lots of money going into cryptocurrencies and now some of the funds are backing them as well. What are your thoughts on those in the short to medium term? Yeah, really interesting. 
everybody in my company is, you know, really, really big um, crypto believers and uh, and certainly blockchain believers. And I and I too, blockchain is the most incredible technology. As for the performance of cryptocurrencies. Um, Ultimately, I'm not a gambler, despite the fact that I run a quantitative investing startup, which is, uh, you know, it sounds like it. I, um, I just can't, I can't see it in the in the near term. The the, the amount of money that's being pumped in right now. Uh, I we don't have crypto on the site, though. I do believe there's a there is definitely a space for it. It's much more shorter term way to invest, right? Uh, I really like this whole idea of a long term outlook. That's why, you know, in terms of financial independence, retire early for the fire movement. You know, I'm looking at you know that 15 year outlook, and and I just don't know with crypto. Funnily enough, even though you know it's all about data, I can't choose cryptocurrencies because it's not quantitative enough for me. ESG, environmental, social and governance, is a growing trend, an emerging trend in this particular space. What is Aikido's approach to that? 100% we want to lean into it even more. Uh, being a founding team of millennials, uh, I mean, it's, it's a really a core part of where we want to steer the company. Right now, we just have the eco add-on to the portfolio. But with fact that we have access to all the ESG data we could ever dream of. Um, and really, when I look out there at the competition, there is basically very, very little to nothing to do with a quantitative approach to ESG investing. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, I want to drive it more in that way. There are 16 key metrics with ESG that we would get access to, to allow people to create portfolios that are, say, focused on, uh, you know, female-focused um, uh, governance, let's say, or, uh, you know, specifically to do with uh, hydropower. Or There's just so many possibilities there. And, and we're really just at the beginning of our ESG journey, but it's not just an alternate way to invest anymore. It's the way to invest. And, you know, ultimately, any, in my opinion, you know, fund manager who's not offering, you know, an ESG solution is only going to last so long because so many people are demanding it now. And and I sort of feel the same way with quant investing that you have to get with it uh, now. I think to, to stay with the times as a fund manager is embrace the quantitative way of building a portfolio because in 10 years, it's it's going to be close to the only way of building it, uh, in my opinion. And, you know, we actually have a, a B2B solution as well uh, for fund managers uh, who want to implement a sort of a quantitative approach uh, to their portfolio building. And we just want to give these tools to everybody, allow everybody to, to, to use it. And Shane, on the topic of ESG, I am hearing reports that there's a lot of greenwashing going on out there where companies are jumping on that ESG bandwagon but might not be doing it in an authentic way. Yeah, 100%. It's a really big problem. It's been a problem now for the last four years, I'd say five years. Um, what you find is, I suppose, with people who put uh, some aspect of environmentalism on their landing page, on their website, they're seeing a massive spike in conversions and signups. And ultimately, companies want that. They see, oh, if I put this picture of a tree and how many trees we've saved, I'm going to get 10% more signups. It's hard not to be drawn into that as a company. And it's something, therefore, that we just all have to be conscious of as users of, of, of you know, technology uh, and as investors, um, that we are actually being quantitative about, I suppose, what services we're using. That's the great thing about, you know, with ESG is it does get down into the nitty gritty and gives a little bit more insight into, uh, you know, how a company actually is in terms of its ESG. But um, it's a huge driver. I mean, pe- pe- someone's carbon footprint 
from their portf- investment portfolio can be the largest carbon footprint that they have by a long shot. So it's really, really important, I think, to ensure that you're making the right investment decisions because it can be bigger than going vegan or never flying in an airplane again. Of course. <laughs> and Shane, the business has already raised over €900,000 in funding. What do you plan to use this for? Yeah, so it's been... It's been a brilliant journey raising those funds, um, hard at times, um, but we've got some fantastic investors internationally backing us, uh, VC firms, angel investors, and we've got Enterprise Ireland there as well. Um, and really up to this point, it's been you know, developing of the platform uh, and doing a lot of you know, user testing, and we've built up a, you know, a great community now. From here in, it's about really nailing down the product, nailing down, you know, as in, you know, what people are really searching for and just iterating on it, making it really simple, easy to use, a beautiful user experience. And of course, a lot of marketing and international penetration. Our market ultimately in the long term is, is not Ireland. Uh, of course, this is our home and uh, we really want people in Ireland to, to get stuck in and start using these methods. But, you know, the market really is international. You're looking at UK, uh, Europe, and then really onto the USA. USA is a huge part of our readership, of our newsletter, of our blogs and, you know, of the platform as well. And ultimately, it's where we want to be. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Shane Monks O'Byrne from Aikido Finance. And I'd like to thank Shane for sharing his wealth of investment knowledge with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.